Uh, it's just uh, this is a normal thing for us. What's this going to be, six or seven on the year? I guess we'll have seven by the TCU game, so this is number six for 11 a.m. kick. We're used to this, Travis. That's absolute madness when you think about it. I mean, just simply madness. But I'll tell you what, uh, Coach Kalani had said it in his uh, in his weekly press conference. He said, yeah, you know, we're uh, – they, they said, what are you going to do to prepare for this 10 a.m. kick? He said, well, we just had an 8-15 kick. Um, so now going to a 10 a.m. kick is is a little bit different, but you know we like to eat about you know four hours before uh, before the game, and 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 we're gonna wake up around six. And he just he he kind of thought about it, and he's like, oh crap, that is four hours before the game. Well, I guess like it was just hilarious in his midweek press conference that he was like, oh crap, we better uh, we better look into that. We're gonna have to wake up a lot earlier than usual. Yeah, just working through the schedule. It's a lot, um, but it's going to be good, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is a BYU team that is struggling right now. and They've lost three straight, four out of their last five, and uh, it's it's been a struggle for them offensively, defensively, both. They're, they're bringing up kind of the, the bottom of the pack in the Big 12 across the board statistically, but supposed to get Slovis back. And that should help them out some. Should it? I don't know how much. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the last would time we saw him. starting quarterback back in, it would, would give you some type of boost, but I don't know. The last time that uh, he played a game was October 28th against Texas. He, uh, he, I think he threw for just under 200 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, but to your point, it, it it's definitely a different look, right? Because he's not really a run threat. Whereas they're the guy that they've had played, uh, their backup. He had 17 rushing attempts in the last game. I mean, he he likes to get out and and run it. So I guess from a um, if you're OU, I don't think it's all that bad of news that you're going to have a guy back there that at least stays still, right? Yeah. No, I think so. And- he can move a little bit, I mean, but he's not like some of the guys that you're used to BYU having. They've had some really athletic quarterbacks back there, and obviously we face some this year in the conference. So, I know, it's going to be going to be interesting. It's a must-win for us. we got to win the final two. Um, and then, I guess, I don't know what all of the details are, what we need to have happen, but obviously we need, we need Oklahoma State or Texas uh, to drop one and – I don't know. The more three lost teams out there, the better for us right now in conference play. So, um, well, that's as of right now. There's a good chance that, you know, some of the rules or verbiage will change between now and next week, too. So we'll figure out before we play TCU if there's any new round of, of rules that we need to break through in order to make it to the Big 12 championship game. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, you use that word that uh, they made it very clear, Teddy, in their statement that the rules did not change. Now, they were one thing one day, and they were a different thing a, a, the different day, but that's not change. That's update. That's clarity. That's clarifying the rules. I'm, I'm telling you what, man. They are... Uh, they are spinning this thing nicely as if we didn't know what the rules were before and they put them out. You don't need to put out any clarification if there wasn't a rule change. Otherwise, you would just have the two teams. Everybody understood, you know, the tiebreakers worked a certain way and you would have two teams. The clarifying makes 
no sense. But, you know, OU fans are just going to have to uh, go out on a limb this weekend and do something they're very familiar with, root against Texas and root against Oklahoma State. You've only been doing it for your whole lives. All you got to do is do it for this weekend. And uh, who do you think has the better chance of getting knocked off stubbing their toe on the on the uh, home stretch here is that Oklahoma State that goes to Houston or is that the road trip to Ames and at the night for Texas who do you think man you know it's honestly it's hard to say like when you saw Oklahoma State play UCF I mean that makes you think that Oklahoma State could easily lose to Houston um, I mean, they looked terrible. Couldn't run the ball. Ollie Gordon looked bad. Bowman looked terrible. Um, putting the ball in trouble. Now, I know they were playing in a monsoon, and that definitely affected it, but my goodness, they looked atrocious. And, you know, they were coming off of a big Bedlam win, and, you know, some of that stuff happens. But it kind of leads you to believe that you don't know what you're going to get from Oklahoma State on a week-by-week basis, and... You know, they could show up to Houston and absolutely smash them, or they go down there and, and look bad like they did against UCF and get beat. And it's kind of the same thing with Texas. Texas has been just kind of screwing around here, just getting by, just doing enough, uh, doing enough to win some of these games. And, um, you know, I, with Quinn Ewers trying to make his way back, and, you know, they obviously lost Jordan Brooks. That's going to – that's or um, – Jonathan Brooks, rather, and that's going to hurt them out. So, I don't know, man. I would say Oklahoma State has the higher chance of of dropping the game than Texas, but neither one of them would surprise me. Yeah, and and you touched on it with with Texas, and it seems like they've been trying to lose games, right? I mean, that Kansas State game, Kansas State – in the second half came storming back. They should have beat him in regulation. I remember we were watching it up there uh, in the press box, and we were shocked that that first kick got missed, and then they screw it up in the overtime as well. Even TCU, you know, they looked overmatched, and then all of a sudden in the second half they come storming back. I don't know what it is about second halves in Texas, but Texas didn't score a touchdown in the second half against TCU, and then obviously earlier in the year they, uh, they struggled against Houston, you know, a bad spot probably saved them there. I mean, Texas just feels due to, I don't know, to, to slip up. And Iowa State, I mean, they, they've been playing better. I mean, they, they've shout out to Matt Campbell, who had a mess on his hands with that gambling situation that had going on and has actually, you know, turned it into chicken salad uh, after all. But, yeah, Oklahoma State looked so bad yeah. at UCF. And... I don't know. Was it? Did they get a little bit of uh, what OU, what people thought OU got after the Texas game? They got all geared up for that last bedlam and forgot anything else was on the schedule because that's what they accused Oklahoma of doing. What do you think happened to Oklahoma State, man? I have no idea. I have no idea. College football, you know, you just you never know what you're going to get from one week to the next. For the most part, you know, it's it's really difficult to keep all those guys locked in and focused man i'll tell you a college football season i mean a high school football season it is long it it takes a toll on you physically it takes a toll on you mentally 
And, you know, it's just like I think Washington loses to Oregon State. It's not that I think Oregon State's a better football team. It's that Washington is 10-0 and right now. And I've seen I, every pretty much every year I see a team that's as good or better than Washington lose at least one, sometimes two games. It's very difficult to go undefeated. It's very difficult to keep these guys locked in and focused for – you know, this a long, grueling season. You just kind of never know what you're going to get from one week to the next. So it's hard to really put your finger on what went on with Oklahoma State. I, I wouldn't expect it to look that way again this week, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, it's, it's hard to say what they're going to look like. You know, you know what's funny is, uh, you know, we were talking about the, the press conference, BYU's press conference, and uh, he said something interesting. He said that this is the toughest schedule in BYU's program's history this year, and he said they're 5-5. Five and five. You know, they win one of these last two. Hopefully yeah. they win next week's and not this week's, as they do play OSU next week. Um, they said it's the toughest in their history. Do you think, and we can get into it on the other side. I know we got to take, take an opening timeout, but um, do you think that next year, will be OU's toughest schedule since when? And then I want you to name a date. Yeah, I'll think about it. Um, it, It's interesting because you look at schedules and you say, well, you just kind of go off the school and their their recent history more than you do, like, for example – it looked like this year's schedule was going to be really easy, right? You had, um, you know, you had Oklahoma State coming. They had all of the transfer portal issues and no one really picking them to do much. West Virginia, no one really picking them to do much. Iowa State had been struggling through all the stuff that they'd gone through, with, as you pointed out a moment ago. And I mean, you look at the schedule, it's like, this is the easy, easiest schedule we've ever had. And then you get into the season, and, well, well, surprise, surprise, it's not nearly as easy as you thought it was going to be. West Virginia much better than anticipated. Iowa State ended up being better than anticipated. Oklahoma State better than anticipated. I, Kansas, even though I thought Kansas was going to be good, I'd, see, I'd say Kansas better than anticipated. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll look back and think back to some tough years, but, I mean, just whatever you look at it, name brand wise, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one next year. All right, we gotta hit a timeout. Quick break. We got more from the rush coming up. I'm hanging out at a great spot today, Metro Ford of OKC. You can check them out online, MetroFordofOKC.com, Oklahoma's premier Ford dealer. They have over 500 new Fords in stock. Don't worry about the stock. They've got tons here. They've got great financing options available all the way out to 72 months for some of the new 2023 stuff. Again, MetroFordofOKC.com and always oil changes for life on all new or used vehicles, gas and diesel, and lifetime window tint as well here at Metro Ford of OKC. We'll be back. Rush is back. Teddy Lehman here. We got Travis filling in. I guess it's Tyler... He's coming back on it. He's coming on at some point today, isn't he? Or not? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that just tomorrow. That, is he traveling all day? I don't well, even that, know. That's the plan. So uh, we, we've got uh, 
you know, we're pl- we're plugging, you know, where we can fit in. Tyler, I believe, is going to be ready by the last hour of today. Not sure, you know, how traveling goes, uh, especially air travel. So um, I am on. I was on today earlier, obviously, two to three. I'll be on today until I hear Tyler's voice come on. And then uh, originally I was going to, depending on your travel, uh, going to be filling in tomorrow from the road because I'm driving. But, uh, no, I think we're getting it all figured out. Yeah. Well, you asked me about the schedule, how, how difficult next year is going to be. And I was trying to think of some other tough years. And like the one that came to mind was 2016. Made the college football playoff the year before, 2015. And you had the season opener against Houston. And, you know, Houston was coming off of a really good season. Um had Ed Oliver in there, a lot of excitement in that program. Mm-hmm. They were they were ranked number 15 in the country at the time. Technically neutral site, but we all know that that was a road game in Houston. That was a tough game. Lost that one. Had Ohio State number three in the country, Ohio State at home, followed by on the road at number 21, TCU. Then obviously OU Texas. Like that is for a five-game start, that Houston game, uh, Louisiana Monroe, Ohio State, number 21, TCU on the road, and then OU Texas. That's a tough five-game stretch. And then uh, you end up playing, obviously everyone remembers the Texas Tech game that year with uh, Baker and Mahomes going back and forth. K-State was at home um, at Iowa State. That's kind of when Iowa State started to turn things around. That was a Thursday night game that we played. Uh, you know, light-handed. And then at the end of the year, we ended at number 14, West Virginia, and at home against number 10, Oklahoma State. So you had, as you look at the schedule right now, during the regular season, you had five top 25 games, and then you had Auburn in the Sugar Bowl, uh, number 14, Auburn. So, I mean, in recent memory, I would say that is the most difficult schedule that I can remember. Now, Hit us on the text line, 651-3439, um, if you can think of a more difficult schedule recently, or, heck, go back as far as you want. I don't know, but that's the one that popped into my mind. Yeah, uh, from the text line, from the 405, we've got got to be 2008, right? Five ranked matchups in conference play, one non-conference ranked matchup versus TCU, and then the national championship. So I think so much of it, I guess probably next year for me it feels like the actual conference slate is going to be maybe our most difficult conference slate that I can remember. Maybe early 2000s had some other yeah. ones in there, but you're right. Like Those schedules, obviously the one in 2008 was propped up by TCU. 2016 propped up, obviously, by Houston and Ohio State. Um, you know, it'll be interesting because, I mean, USC schedule is absolutely brutal next year. They've got Notre Dame and Michigan in their non-con and LSU. Or and Michigan will be conference. So you've got well, LSU and Notre Dame as your non-con. And then uh, one opens the season, one closes the season. And they've got uh, some tough games. Next year for us, I mean, that non-con is, is going to be where we got to well, uh, get Jackson Arnold ready. Well, that's the thing I was about to say is um, next year our – obviously going to have a really tough conference schedule 
Um, and then the year after that, 25 is, depending on what the conference schedule looks like, and I'm guessing it's going to be tough, like it's going to be every year, but you also have Michigan in the non-con, right? And the way Michigan's got it going right now, that's going to be a tough one. So 25 and 26, but home against Michigan in 25, on the road against Michigan in 26, I, depending on what those conference slates look like, those two years could be incredibly difficult. Who do you think's coaching Michigan when we uh, see him? Harbaugh. Yeah, you think so? You think he's going to leave? You think he's going to uh, spend all that time at Michigan and then as soon as they get to their peak, he's going to bail and go to the NFL? I I think so. I think a lot of this NCAA stuff, the Big Ten um, – settled their uh settled their investigation i believe today they said they closed their investigation so they said okay you know michigan looked like they were going to sue the big 10 and then i guess they uh told them what they had evidence wise they said no we'll accept the accept the uh suspension well the ncaa is still investigating so that's really my thing is he's already been suspended over hamburgers He's had the FBI on campus, NCAA on campus, you know, investigating some stuff. Like, at what point does Jim Harbaugh just say, you know what, I'm sick of the NCAA, I'm sick of all this, I'm going to go take an NFL job again and be out of here? Because we know he interviewed with the Vikings already, you know, recently. So it's like he's been interviewing, and there's always going to be NFL jobs that open up. Uh, do you think he just gets sick of all this NCAA stuff and moves on, or do you think he uh, plants his uh, flag, if you will? I don't know. He's weird. He's a strange guy. So I I can't – it's hard enough to get inside of the head of someone who thinks normally, and he doesn't think normally. He's He just – he kind of marches to a a different beat, always has. And usually his problem is – he absolutely wears on everyone in in the program, in the facility. You know, you heard all of the horror stories whenever he was in the NFL and he was done. Everyone in the in the organization was like, thank God, get him out of here. We're sick of the guy. And maybe there's some of that going on in Michigan too. I, I don't know, but I got to tell you, if, if I was in charge of a, uh, a program and I'd, I'd poured a lot of effort into it, and it was just getting to where I wanted it to be, and it was operating at a high level. I ain't leaving, especially it's his alma mater. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just rarely do you see someone leave whenever they've got something going at its, at its peak. But again, he's a weird dude. Maybe he would leave. I think. Uh, I think they got a new their, challenge. I think they've got their. Uh their next head coach on staff unless Harbaugh sticks it out for a long time and somebody else comes and takes him. But uh, OU alum Sharon Moore, I think, is going to get an opportunity sooner or le- sooner than later. You think that's why he was crying on TV? Is so he could – and thanking the, uh, the university and the president and the alumni and everyone because he knows he's, he's in line? Yeah, I think he's a company man saying, "Hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna summon these tears." Company he cut man. some onions before he uh, he he went out there and he gave quite the show. That was uh, that was pretty dramatic, man. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think 
Sharon, especially how he recruits. Um, I mean, he's he's been successful he's up there. Job. I think he's on. I think he's kind of on that kind of Brian Hartline, Sharon Moore type kind of trajectory where it's like, okay, here's the deal, though. I I know that stuff always seems. It always seems like there's a seamless transition, you know, but it's like, uh, oh, gosh, I don't know. Harbaugh is, he's a name brand, okay? And it always feels like someone's just going to pick right up where where the other left off and everything's going to just continue to hum along like, like nothing else ever happened. Well, well, he was, you know, he was the offensive coordinator whenever they were at their peak, and he's going to do a lot of the same stuff and just going to continue to recruit the same. Well, you got to remember, like every other school in the country is recruiting and marketing against you. So every single person that they're out there on the road trying to recruit, they're going to be here in the line about oh, they're done now that Harbaugh's gone. He was the brains of the operation. No one knows how to run it like he did. It's going to be different. It's just hard. I don't know. I'm. I I don't think he's going anywhere. Pretty sure we personally. know that. But we'll see. Connor Connor Stallions is the brains of the operation. I'm pretty sure that's been proven, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, you got to have a good. You got to have a good um, uh, espionage wing in any good football building. You know, some are some are getting caught. Others aren't. Yeah, funny how that works, and especially with Jalen Daniels now returning to Kansas officially. Uh, that is one Lincoln-Riley quarterback target off the board because Lincoln-Riley, Malachi Nelson isn't exactly that dude, and Lincoln-Riley has zero quarterback commits for this 2024 class after striking out on Dylan Riola. So uh, it'll be interesting this offseason where last year you had a lot of big names right in the quarterback portal for sure, even the year before, a lot of big names. Uh, this this upcoming year, it it might be Riley Leonard or bust. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's going to be, you know, we've seen it ramp up obviously in recent years the transfer portal. But man, anytime you've got a big job open, uh, things things get really wild and. I know the Sharks are circling Texas A&M right now for all the talent that they've got on that roster. If if whoever they hire doesn't land with the bang that they want, you know, there's there may be guys hitting the transfer portal. Maybe guys hitting the transfer portal anyways, but obviously who they hire is going to have a, a going to play a huge factor in it. And you know, I just the more it becomes normal, the more guys are going to be. Uh, more willing to jump in the transfer portal just to test it out, you know, just to jump in the portal, see what what may uh, what may float your way. So, fascinating times ahead, and that's going to be it's going to be another wild year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. I'm hanging out at Metro Ford of OKC. You can check them out online, MetroFordofOKC.com. New 2023 Ford F150s, 2.9% for 72 months. Now, that's not on the Raptors or the F150. Uh, trimmers. That's just the uh, the Ford F-150, 2.9%, 72 months. They've got over 500 new Fords here in stock, and uh, the difference is real here. It's the premier Ford dealer in Oklahoma. We'll be back. 
Rush is back, hanging out at Metro Ford of OKC today. The difference is real. They've got over 500 new Fords in stock, some great financing options available as well. New 2023 Ford F-150, 2.9% for 72 months now that's not the raptors or the uh the trimmers uh but all the the new 2023 ford f-150s offering some really nice financing deals oil changes for life on all newer used gas and diesel and lifetime window tint as well here at metro ford of okc check them out online metro ford of okc.com you looking to get your championship belt uh travis with the uh the mvp of the Big 12 title game, the WWE's got a belt that they're going to be making uh, special for the Big 12 title game. God, it's just, I mean, it's cool, I suppose. I'm sure there's a certain section of, you know, college football fans that will enjoy it, but it's it's just between this, and I think they've got the, what, the Bathing Apes uh, um, collaboration that they're doing. It's just interesting to me that they seem to be able to drum up these these partnerships with these different brands and whatnot but they can't write a set of tiebreaker rules to save their lives right like maybe maybe less time trying to get nelly to perform and maybe (laughs) a little more time reading your own rules that you write you know what i mean like it seems like it's a it's some leadership at least that that is just putting the emphasis they're not keeping the main thing the main thing to get to get total coach speak on this right not keeping the main thing the main thing well, I, I I don't mind the idea. I think it's I think it's kind of cool for the MVP uh, to get the the WWE belt, um, but I it kind of it kind of brands you as a I I don't know. It's less serious, I guess. Even yeah. though I think it's real, it could be really cool and well done, and I think the players would probably love it. How awesome would that be to have a legit WWE style belt for a Big Twelve Championship game MVP? I think that's really cool. It's just kind of a like, what does it say about your conference? A little bit. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it's that big of a deal, but yeah, I I think your mark is honestly marketing wise doing some good things with the Big Twelve. But the most important thing that you can do is look like you are a legitimately run uh, conference whenever it comes to the on-field competition. And you have to have all your ducks in a row in that aspect before you go start, you know, talking about halftime concerts and championship belts and all of that stuff is nice. But the last thing you want is any hint of of uh, like on field or behind the scenes issues and whenever you have to change or clarify or whatever they want to say to the tiebreaker rules whenever it just so happens that you know one of the schools that it feels really weird with some of the things that you're doing with Oklahoma and Texas which here's the deal He's the one that stood up there on the mic and was talking about Texas Tech beating Texas whenever they're leaving the the conference, right? So you bring that on yourself whenever it's right there, okay? You're going to be there. I'm not putting any pressure on you, but it's the last game of the season against Texas. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's you're bringing all that on yourself. You, you cannot and when you start saying stuff like that, and you start changing rules or changing wording of rules that affect teams that are leaving the conference. It it doesn't smell right. No, and I, I I couldn't agree more. And that's the thing. What bugged me about the the tiebreaker rule change? I think they actually changed it to a rule that makes sense given the tiebreakers. But the problem is, when has like we're ten weeks into the season, or we're eleven weeks, ten games into the season, Ted? Like this is not a rule that you should change with two games left in the season. This is a rule you change in the off season because maybe it didn't work as initially intended. And I mean, just to change it in the middle, I think Brett Yormark needs to take a page out of uh, maybe Roger Goodell's playbook of look, I'm here to protect the owners, protect the brand, protect the shield. That is my job. And the marketing deals are fun. They're cool. Okay, cool. We've got some some specialty food items at the Big 12 Basketball Championship. We've got our own Big 12 NFL Combine. We've got Nelly. We've got WWE. we got all this stuff. All that stuff should be the, the toppings on the ice cream sundae. They shouldn't be the actual entity. They should be icing on the cake. They should be new fun ideas. But you have to remember what your main job is. Your main job is to operate a conference professionally um, with competence. And it almost reminds me, Ted, of the scene in Step Brothers when the the two brothers, they go to the job interview in tuxedos. And, you know, I think it's Seth Rogen that's like, oh, you know, it's it's kind of fun. Like, it's a little quirky and whatnot. And then they they introduce some flatulence into the scene. And he's like, huh, well, now it's now the tuxes are kind of weird. That's where your mark is kind of in right now is it's it's kind of getting weird, Brett. Like you started off this marketing guy, Live Nation. Oh, I'm friends with Jay-Z. I'm really cool. Like is what it is. We're open for business. Yeah, but you got to you got to take care of the simple stuff, man. You got to make the layups. All that extra stuff is fun, but it gets a little weird. You get looked at a little bit differently if you don't have your ducks in a row. Yep. Nope. That's right, and I still I don't I don't understand why they're claiming that they didn't change the rules. Yeah, their rules they were one thing one day, and they were something else a different day. They can again if they didn't change the rules, they wouldn't have had to come out with a statement because that's the thing: the rules were written in a way, Ted, that would have produced two teams that were going to be participating in the conference championship game. It would have the way it was written, it would have produced two teams. Now, the only reason that you would have to clarify or change or anything like is is if that wasn't the case. Like if the tiebreaker would have had three teams still tied and you wouldn't have known which one to put in the game. The fact that two teams right. would have ended up in the game no matter what means that you guys all agreed to this tiebreaker. And again, the, the officiating, and people can call me a conspiracy theorist. They can, you know, I'll grab my tinfoil hat. I personally think that anybody is naive if they think that, he, that the officiating has not been different for OU and Texas these past two years. When you look at the holding calls last year, three combined between two teams that have good edge rushing talent, good talent to get the back. Two, three holding calls combined. You look at the Oklahoma State game last year, and what, Texas had over 100 yards of penalties, and Oklahoma State 
miraculously played an absolutely clean, perfect game with none of it. And then you've got your mark telling Texas Tech that they hope that they beat Texas this year. Like, what are you doing? You can't – you're supposed to be impartial. You can't – you can say those things behind closed doors, but there's a camera everywhere, man. You can't be saying that stuff and not expect it to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's – it's fascinating. I guess I can't, I can't say I know for sure. Um, you know, the one one thing that is clear is we, the margin between Oklahoma and the rest of the conference has really tightened over the last couple of years. Um, and whenever that happens, and you find yourself in a in a lot more tightly contested football games, calls matter. And it just so happens that as the times the the games have gotten tighter, we've noticed the calls. Now, like that could be a part of it. And you know, I'm, it's hard to just say because the only thing I go back to is, I you could if it ever came out that the Big Twelve conspired with officiating to make life more difficult on Oklahoma and Texas, I, the ramifications of what that means are so massive. Like, that's why it's so hard for me to believe that there's, like, like you know, it's hard to just jump on board with the conspiracy theory, right? Cause that, see, see, but that's not my – The damage is so massive for nothing. Like, but there's that's... no reason to even do it. It's actually better for you because you can make more money off of Oklahoma and Texas having success than you can anyone else. But that, but see, that's where I, where I deviate. You know, I kind of take take the fork of the road on that. I don't think that, I don't think Brett Yormark went to the officials and said, "All right, guys, I need this many holding calls. I need this, that, and the other." But if the owners of the station, if Casey and Brian said at a luncheon that was, you know, aired nationally that. Um, I really like when, you know, we need to talk about Buffalo Wild Wings more, you know, the studio sponsor. We need to talk about Buffalo Wild Wings more. And, but says it, and I'm not there listening, but I know my bosses really like when those kind of things happened. Well, I'm going to go out there and I might talk about Buffalo Wild Wings a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like just the power of knowing your boss wants something to happen. And that's the person that's going to determine your employment in the future. You tend to do things more. So the guy that c- continually, you know, misses a call against Drake Stoops in the end zone or doesn't call the holding. Do you think your mark is going to say, man, I can't believe you did them dirty like that? No, he's not going to say that because I have evidence of you wanting Texas to lose. So I don't think that there's a conspiracy theory of, or a conspiracy of, hey, there's some collusion. They basically have an envelope they get every week with stuff full of cash that says, hey, you know, throw flags on this, don't throw flags on that. But just the power of suggestion, knowing that your boss doesn't want a certain two teams to succeed and they want other teams to succeed, that can bleed out into your actions, sometimes even subconsciously. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, I can't I'm, – I I'm not ruling it out at all. I just think it's incredibly stupid to risk something 
like so huge, like what the ramifications would mean for the conference and its leadership and everyone involved if that ever surfaced. I, it's 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 not worth it at all to to try and uh, hamstring Texas and Oklahoma at all. It's just well, they. They just changed the rules after ten games of the season. What are the ramifications? I mean, what are the ramifications are we talking about, Ted? That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's hard hard to ignore that. I mean, a lot of people are saying, yeah. And it's so funny because I put out a tweet last night, um, you know, just laughing about it, and I got all these Oklahoma State people in my mentions like talking about, you know, oh my gosh, Oklahoma just crying and. You're the ones that filed for divorce, and I, I don't, I don't care about any of that. I, we lost to Oklahoma State. We put ourselves in in this position, right? We lost to Kansas. We put ourselves in this position. I don't care about any of that. I mean, that's fine. It's just, I, to change the rules. I don't know how you can be a fan of any school, and think it is. I legitimate big time football to change the rules of a tiebreaker ten weeks into the season. It, you know, it may if it may help your team this year, but it may hurt your team next year if that's the way that your conference is going to handle business. I mean, like that to me, that's what it's all about. Yep. Right? If if we win two games and don't make it in because of tiebreaker rules, like we put ourselves in that position, we got no one to blame but ourselves. It's just, it's ridiculous whenever you start to put all of the all of the issues back to back to back. It's a joke, and it makes them look it makes them look really bad, in my opinion. All right, quick time out. Hanging out Metro Ford of OKC. Check them out online, MetroFordofOKC.com. Over 500 new Fords in stock. We'll be back wrapping up hour number one next. Rush's back. Just a quick segment here before we hit the uh, top of the hour timeout. Hour number two coming up next. Hanging out Metro Ford of OKC. Remember, they got the new 2023 Ford F-150s. Low financing, 2.9% for 72 months. That's a huge deal right now. And Reminder, that's not on the Raptors or the F-150 trimmers. But uh, they do have over 500 new Fords in stock. Metro Ford of OKC. The difference is real. You can check them out online, metrofordofokc.com. We'll be back with hour number two next.